This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 9th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. By treating the Internet like a utility instead of the dynamic, competitive arena it is, we may break the Internet. So says Baron Zoka, president of Tech Freedom. To help policymakers engaged in the fight to keep the Internet free and open, Tech Freedom has launched the website Don't Break the Net. We spoke yesterday. So the FCC is trying to regulate net neutrality for the second time. It passed rules in 2010 that the court struck down earlier this year, and it's now trying to replace them with very similar rules that would pass muster under another legal challenge. Many of those who've been pushing for net neutrality regulation have argued that the FCC should go further and find a new basis, a legal basis, for justifying its rules. And they want the FCC specifically to reopen a basic question about how broadband is defined under the Communications Act, and that's what we call Title II. So essentially, they want the FCC to undo the decision that Bill Clinton's FCC made in the late 1990s to draw a clear line between Title II regulation, traditional regulation of AT&T and monopoly telephone networks on the one hand, and the internet on the other. Bill Kennard, the new Democrat who ran the FCC after Congress put in place the 1996 rewrite of the Telecom Act, realized that he needed to draw a clear, bright line between Title II and the internet. And that bright line was continued under the Bush administration. It's been a bipartisan consensus for 18 years. And now the hardliners who've been pushing net neutrality regulation want the FCC to undo that and to uh, reopen that so that the FCC would have a, a clear basis for regulating net neutrality, but also would be able to regulate broadband much more aggressively across the board and would be able, in fact, to regulate the rest of the Internet as well. So why is it so important that there be this bright line between essentially monopoly regulations, like you say with AT&T and the Internet? Two reasons. One, as I said, this isn't just about broadband. That clear, bright line protects not just broadband, but other companies as well. Google, Facebook, all the companies that provide the services that we all enjoy have been protected, have had clarity that they're not going to be subject to Title II's regulations because of that clear, bright line. Any attempt to reclassify broadband would would undermine that because this talk about reclassification is really quite misleading. It suggests that reclassification is a simple a line drawing exercise. In fact, it's very complicated. It, it's about how we reconcile the basic definitions of the act. And to make a long story short, any attempt to undo that might open the door for the FCC to decide that YouTube includes a transmission component and therefore should be regulated under Title II. And the second reason is drawing that clear, bright line, protecting broadband from Title II was really essential to driving competition and investment in broadband. Many European countries didn't do that. They've essentially applied Title II-style traditional telecom regulations. And as a result, they've had far less investment in their broadband network. They generally have only one pipe to the home, and they have lagged very far behind in fiber deployment. You wouldn't see companies like Google building fiber to the home if, if uh, the FCC were to reopen Title II. It's worth pointing out that Google Fiber, which has been deploying in, in cities uh, across America and is, is poised to expand, offers broadband, which is currently a Title I lightly regulated information service, 
offers cable television, which is regulated under Title VI of the Act, but decided not to offer voice service, which is subject to Title II, because it's a very heavily regulated service. So the bottom line is if you want continued investment in broadband, if you want more competition, and if you think the market isn't competitive enough today, the last thing you want is for the FCC to reopen Title II. Why do you say that Title II, if applied to the broad internet, would crush uh, investment in that sector? Well, to start, that that's not just my prediction. That was essentially the insight that Bill Kennard, the, the Democrat who implemented the 96 Act, understood. It was continued under the, the Powell-Bush uh, FCC. And the basic point was that Title II regulation is, is, was developed in 1934 based on railroad regulation from the 1880s as a way of controlling a monopoly service. And anytime you regulate a, something like a utility or a monopoly, you essentially ensure that it stays that way. You discourage new companies from entering the market. Uh, Title II includes things like price controls, traditional tariff-style regulation. It's a whole panoply of regulation that is designed for uh, non-competitive markets. It's not designed to encourage competition or investment. And the evidence is very clear when you compare the United States and Europe that in the United States where we've had this bipartisan agreement on Title I, we've seen far more investment in broadband and far greater speeds than we've seen in countries that have followed a Title II approach. It's also worth pointing out that Congress in 1992 applied another set of heavy regulations on cable that pretty clearly slowed investment. I think it's fair to say that if Congress had taken the approach it took in 1996 a few years earlier, that the internet would have taken off much earlier. We would have seen broadband deployed years ahead of its time, and that we really have government to blame for the slower deployment of the internet that we did see. Who are some of the uh, big firms that are backing the push for Title II? Well, it's worth noting that there aren't a lot of big firms backing that push. Uh, the entire broadband industry is opposed to Title II and always has been. But also companies like Google and Facebook, which have supported net neutrality regulation, as have some broadband providers, Google and Facebook have not gotten on the Title II bandwagon. The, the push for Title II is really being driven by a radical fringe of activists here in Washington who've long fantasized about returning to traditional telecom regulation. And, and activists who fought against SOPA and PIPA, groups that we've worked with on civil liberties issues and against surveillance, have built very effective social media advocacy machines in those campaigns that they're now using to push for Title II. And they're really misstating what Title II actually means. They promise everyone that it won't apply to edge companies, that it's only going to apply to broadband. That's just not realistic because, as I said, there's really no such thing as reclassification. There's only reopening those very complicated definitions of the act. They also promise that we can simply edit down the worst aspects of Title II through a process called forbearance. That's also a fantasy. That's just not how forbearance works. The FCC has made that process very difficult, and it's not clear that the FCC can actually, or would actually, walk away from the very high bar that it's set for justifying forbearance. So really, as we've said, there's really no such thing as just a little bit of Title II, uh, any more than you could say that you can be just a little bit pregnant. It's really, do we open that door again or not? 
And we're saying that we should maintain that clear, bright line that Democrats drew, that Republicans continued, that has been the basis of a bipartisan consensus that's promoted broadband and allowed the internet to flourish. Baron Zoka is president of Tech Freedom. Their new website is don'tbreakthe.net. You can read more on competitive markets and regulation at our website, cato.org.